All right, welcome in everybody, and thanks for tuning in. You're listening to the Creative Catalyst Podcast, a show that focuses on the creative processes for life, business, and your world. My name is Rudolf Korv, a creative designer based out of the Pacific Northwest. Today's episode is titled Relationship Marketing. Today, we're talking with Breck Olson and Chris Moore with Bema Creative. All right, thanks for tuning in, everybody, to episode number five of the Creative Catalyst podcast. I'm here with the guys from Bema Creative. Hey, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks, Rudolph. Thanks for having us. All right, so uh, I had met these guys probably what, about six months ago. Yeah, probably about uh, that. They contacted me. They're another creative agency in the area, and uh, they have a lot of the same belief systems as me and a lot of the same, how can you say, like... Uh, values. Yeah, values. <laughs> See, awesome. You're hired. Get okay. And uh, so I thought man. it would be really great to have these guys on, on the podcast because uh, of they kind of do things a little bit different than, I guess, your typical agency, creative force, designers, and wanted to share that with you. So before we get into that, why don't you guys introduce yourselves and then uh, maybe a little bit about yourself? Sure. Yeah. Well, first thing I'd like to point out is that you you miss some of our accolades as an agency. I mean, we have an award-winning web designer, Breck Olson here, who is a part of the team, co-owner. Uh, tell yeah. them about your award, Breck. Um, I don't know what award you're talking about. I'm just saying it's pastry. Oh, 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 yeah. oh, yeah. Um, I uh, won the uh, Lane County Baking Championship when I was in fifth grade. <laughs> um, is that like the fairgrounds? Yeah, like, for, yeah. Okay. So... I mean, I was a pretty pretty big deal. I think my mom mom did about seventy five percent of the baking, but uh, I I was involved in it a little bit. You showed up, awesome. You showed up. Um, I'm Chris Moore. Thank you for having me here. I am first and foremost a husband and father of two two children, husband to one. Just in case there's any confusion there, uh, I've been married happily for nine years. I got a two year old and a three month old, so I got a little fresh baby at home. And uh, yeah, and I'm an illustrator in my in my spare time when I'm not doing design art, I'm doing more illustrative art. So yeah, and I'm uh, Breck Olson. I uh, owned a uh, local skate shop, man, a board shop uh, for about two or three years. Um, continued doing it online. Uh, still still do a little bit of hustle on the side with it. Um, and in my free time, I like to to hustle, go to thrift shops, try to flip things, um, and uh, enjoy doing some real estate flipping on the side. Nice. Hey, were you guys in town during that event with the Palau Association? Yes. Uh, City Fest? Okay, yes. so do you, have you guys met Tom? No. Tom Mueller? Okay, so I don't know if I, I – I might cut this out. I don't know. So Tom Mueller, he's one of their, like, top guys comes into town, and he's the one that helps the – the different organizations put together the the festival. Yeah, and he does that. He fl he goes and flips. Except he does it on a, like a crazy level of like he'll go to and buy pallets of stuff from like the like the Goodwill in Portland. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know exactly how much he makes, but I know it's a very it's, it's awesome. Yeah, it's I know that you can buy uh buy clothes by the pound up in the bigger cities up yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. That's Chris. Really sorry. He's having a reaction. <laughs> I've got, yeah, it's the dust <laughs> allergies. But anyways, yeah, so that's that's actually pretty awesome. So, okay, let's let's dive right into, uh, we had a conversation this week about uh, values and different ways to run businesses. So um, 
One thing that I wanted to just kind of just kick off the bat with is the term relationship marketing. I've seen it in your marketing and it's a it's something that I kind of pride myself in. I we chatted this week and I was talking about this conversation that I had with a another uh I guess it's a design company, but it's really an agency. And they're talking about how I uh, asked me how many, how much my percentage is of uh, customers that I keep to customers that I lose. And I kind of thought for a second, I said, well, I kind of keep all my customers. I mean, there is times where people do move on, but it's, it's so far in the last, I don't know, 10, 15 years hasn't been because we parted ways because there's like a thing, you know, or a problem. But when I thought about that, they were kind of dumbfounded because their rate, their rate was really low of who they retain. And I feel because a lot of businesses are, how do I want to say, like the customer is a num- more is just a number, you know, or yeah. or just a project. Um, that my belief system in business, especially when I'm touching people's marketing and I'm really getting into their lives into a private place of. Uh, them allowing me to help them move forward, yeah. but to really caring about the customer. And it's some, sometimes it's, people say that's a no-no, but I feel like that's the only way that I want to have fun in my job and I want to build relationships and I want to do a great job for the customer. So let's talk about that term, uh, relationship marketing that I saw in your guys's yeah, I'll start out because Chris always has a lot to say. And um, I think one thing I'm actually doing a uh, uh, article right now um, on how to uh, how to find uh, the agency that's right for you. And and one of the statistics I came across was uh, that 40 percent of companies who have a marketing agency um, have a level of trust that is low uh, for the towards their marketing agency. And, wow. and that that baffled me. <coughs> Uh, just because um, if 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 you really um, re- can relate to your client um, and facilitate them in the ways and the needs that they have, um, it's really not that hard to to keep a client. Um, you know, as long as you're transparent and you can build that trust, um, it's easy to keep those long term relationships. Right. I want to. I just want to interject real quick on something. Something that I've been working on and 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 kind of learning because you no one teaches you this stuff. I mean you can go to yeah. school for it, but it's still it's still a learning process continually. But I find just like in uh, marriage and business, communication is huge. Absolutely. Like, I, I might get into the zone on a project and in my own mind have the timeline, know exactly what I'm doing, but me going out of the way to uh, let the customer know the process and where I'm at is, is it brings I feel like it brings some of that trust that you're talking about that's yeah, lacking. Yeah. 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 And I would say too, that, you know, you can pay for somebody's time, you can pay for somebody's service. Um, but you can't ultimately buy loyalty from somebody. Mm-hmm. You can't, you can't bribe them to be loyal to you. Um, Blair ends in his book, one without pitching manifesto, which is just solid gold. If you guys are in sales and customer service and any kind of service industry, that book is um, easily worth its weight in gold. He talks about the idea of not becoming a commodity, and it's something I'm seeing a lot in marketers and designers where they're differentiating themselves outside of being a commodity. And I think that part of that is a values-based prospect where you you have to have something that sets you aside other than simply being a deliverable at the end of the day, whether it's graphic design or it's SEO, where you need to hit certain numbers for website traffic, 
um, or conversion rates because with any commodity in the world, somebody eventually is going to be able to show up, do it faster, cheaper. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's going to be a no brainer because there's no other hooks there, not in a manipulative kind of sense, but there's no other value being brought to the table by the individual who's providing the service. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, like transparency in that too, of being able to what you're delivering on, mm-hmm. you know, is really important. Like, I mean, I know for me that like building trust with the customer, like I've I was sitting in front of a customer and we we're talking about a web project and he was throwing a couple of things at me that I thought I, I don't, I know how to do this really well, but I know how to do this kind of okay. Or I'm going to have a little bit of a learning curve, but to uh, not have that pride inside that think like, yeah, yeah oh, no problem. We're going to deliver mm-hmm. on this and working with the customer to maybe even get them what they need that they don't know that they need that yeah. or they don't need this part or whatever um, is really important, you know, because you don't want to oversell yourself and then under deliver. No. And that's a, a commonly discussed topic, but it's often a often a battle with people where you get some people on one side who are like, you say yes to every job and then you go learn it and you deliver. Mm -hmm. And my father-in-law is like that. He was in carpentry and he, he just went out and learned how to do the thing. Um, I, I'm a little bit on the other side of the camp where it's like, I'd rather be fully transparent. Um, you know, Brett can account for this. A lot of times, really, we try to incorporate into every time we sit down with a, a potential client of ours and, um, Blair Inns talks about it again. There's a couple other guys who mentioned it where we try to kill the job as early as possible. Our goal isn't to make a conversion. Our goal is to make a long-term relationship with our clients. And so part of that is, is working in a way where we communicate to them. They're, they're beyond a dollar. If we can't deliver a quality service or experience, then we're not a right fit for you. And we'll even go as far as to refer you out to somebody who may be a better fit, whether that means that, um, we just don't have the resources. We don't have the bandwidth. We can't hit deadlines, whatever it is. Um, we've done that in the past where it's like, we just hand stuff off or we say, Hey, this, this isn't going to be long-term profitable for either of us. Um, and I think, uh, Christo from the future calls it, um, the retreat and chase or something like that, where it's this idea that when you can communicate that you're not pursuing them like a, you know, like a leopard chasing after its prey, um, where they have to put up all these walls because they're being sold to that. It can create a, a moment of transparency that is not common in a sales environment. Um, you know, I always, I've worked in customer service and sales my whole life and I've seen the hard sell side. I've seen the customer service, like fixing the problems that they're having because they got sold a product that wasn't right. Um, and out of all that experience, I've really gotten to see that that long-term loyalty and we all know the statistics, I don't know off the top of my head, but that it's so much more expensive to acquire new clients than it is to retain the ones you have. If we all started from that position of transparency, um, I, I really believe we could establish long-term clients in the agency or service provider and the client itself would benefit because you're going to become more valuable the longer you're working with somebody. Right. And I feel like, so customer comes to you because they're looking for someone to per- professionally handle mm-hmm. uh, a, an issue, a need, or, or even to solve a problem in their business, but also being able to have that communication with the customer saying that I will partner with you right. in that. And that's, and that's some of the, some of the things that I use as far as, you know, when I'm building relationships with customers, I'll give you the example, just like SEO. I mean, if I 
could deliver every customer of mine onto the top of Google, I wouldn't be doing this podcast right now. Yeah. Right. I wouldn't be, um, you know, doing all the, the odd jobs mm-hmm. or even the smaller design work because I'd be so rich. You'd be on an island. Yeah, right. So <clears throat> with that being said. You I might be them, wanted by Google, though. Yeah, right. That's it. Yeah, they're after Well, them. yeah. <laughs> So by, 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 with that being said, you know, the customer, I do things because I want to, I, I work really hard to get my own SEO in shape. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then when I feel like I've hit a place to where, oh, that is super valuable to me, mm-hmm. I could package it up for the client and let, right. let them know, you know, you get those phone calls where it's like, talk about SEO, which we'll hop off in a second, but you get those phone calls where it's like, you're not properly listed on Google or you yeah. know, God knows who. Yeah. And I've actually, if, I try to get to the customer before that happens mm-hmm. because they'll spend a couple thousand dollars before they'll realize there's no value with what's happening. Right. Wh- whatever automation they're sticking them yeah. into is basically. Yeah, before you even talk to them and then you're fighting an uphill battle at that mm-hmm. point. Um, I, you touched on something earlier about the partnership. Um, another thing we try really hard to do in, in line with those values that you shared is, establish a kind of a funny balance where we honor them as the expert in what they do. And we ask that they honor us in the the work that we do as experts. And, um, you know, I think everyone's worked in an environment where there's micromanagement and, uh, aside from the egos, like even if we just removed the egos from the equation where someone's like, I don't want to be managed. You're not my boss. The, the fact is that if a client is hiring you and then they're micromanaging you to deliver on something you're supposed to be the expert in, it's not in their best interest to do mm-hmm. that. And we've, you know, we've established in our core values that, that that has to be one of the hurdles that is covered in a, an agreement made, you know, even just verbally, um, where we say, is a strategic partnership something you're willing to afford? Is that something you have bandwidth? Or does your company even allow that kind of relationship to exist? Um, because I, I'm a firm believer that it, it isn't about who's in control. It's about what's best for the client and, and not having that relationship of mutual trust and liberty to operate in what they're, they're gifted and skilled and spent time and money doing, um, is, is wildly contradictory to the end goal usually. Mm-hmm. Rule number one, never design in front of the customer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and then exactly. I break that rule sometimes cause it, you know, when you get into relationship with people that yeah. you do, do that, you know, open yourself up a little bit for that. But sure. yeah, those, so those customers that, um, basically want to use their brain in your hands, mm-hmm. you know, to do the pro- project. Yeah. I, I kind of don't mind doing those projects, but I, I kind of expect that it's going to cost triple. Yeah. You know, the, there was this funny sign I saw on, I think on Pinterest somewhere and it was a price poster in the window and it said like, it started with, I do the job and it was like a hundred dollars. And then by the time I got to the bottom of the list, it was like, you manage and dictate what I do and I do these things. And it was, you know, I don't know, a thousand dollars or $10,000. And that that made me chuckle. But yeah, there are those blurry lines where things don't quite delineate really clearly. It takes the creativity out, I believe. I agree. Yeah. 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 Yeah, And the, the quality control of it. Yeah. And me and Chris have talked it, it really, in those circumstances, you're looking at, um, design, uh, you know, what we do is design from a science, the psychology behind it. Uh, but in, in situations like that, it's like the opinion of it. So Mm -hmm. it's the opinion of the person. It's not, it's what they like, Mm -hmm. but just because they like it. Like when I had my skateboard shop, it was 
I designed things for the consumer. I wasn't designing them for us because I would have gone broke doing mm-hmm. that. Right. Right. And that, yeah, that's huge for us. Um, you know, and people ask, well, how are you different? What, what makes you different? You know, there's a lot of agencies here in town and we've had the great privilege of meeting a lot of them and found a lot of friendliness yourself included, mm-hmm. which has been fantastic. Um, but the thing that we really start with, with everyone is we start with strategy because without strategy, there is no plumb line. I've, I've said this repeatedly in front of people, whether I'm, I'm presenting at, at groups or if I'm sitting down with a client, um, I've said the, the goal of strategy is to find something that is effective, not find something you like. Sometimes I say, <laughs> depending on the company I'm in, sometimes I say it a little harsh, a little more harshly in jest, but it's like, well, we don't care what you like. We want what's effective for your business. So, uh, you know, you change the language, you change the context of the conversation. And then that one of the pieces falls into place, which is necessary for any successful business where you establish authority in what you're talking about. And when they go, oh, and the light bulb goes off, oh, this isn't a, necessarily about what I want. He's concerned with something beyond you know, my feelings towards whether that was light or dark blue, you know, um, then it that's can, when the trust, that's when it starts establishing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Cool. All right. So yeah, relationship marketing. I, I love the idea of it. I like to, can't wait to see how, you know, more you develop that thought and mm-hmm. like, I'd love to be a part of that too, because like, it's, like I said, we, our core values in that is like, the way I like I run business and I don't I don't know if I would want to run business the other way how mm-hmm. exhausting it is chasing down new customers don't get me wrong it's great getting new customers right. and expanding but having to mm-hmm. always it's like wow that's it's really tough yeah. yeah well I think we we share in common that neither of us are that dog eat dog mentality where it's like I have to be the biggest toughest guy right. in the junkyard and there's always someone out yeah. there and it doesn't create trust with the relationship not only that but there's enough work for everybody yeah it yeah. really is and that, yeah. that that's actually going past like the design and creative agencies but into if you're a hairstylist mm-hmm. or you're you know whatever that you do a songwriter anything yeah and i think one thing that i learned uh do, running my board shop is that I, I had a good relationship with a local uh, company board sports here. And I remember talking with the owner about it when I was opening up mine and asking him, uh, you know, are you upset that I'm opening up a new shop? And he said, no, what that's doing is that's creating more people that are interested in that sort of thing. And, mm. and so it's actually building our economy as a whole. That's awesome. Yeah, that's great. So let's talk about like, some core values. Like, is there maybe a list of three things that you would say that is a value in your business that would set you aside from the competition? Sure. Yeah. We always say we've got two core values that we're established on. It's relationships and transparency, which, you know, we've, we've just about exhausted those two topics at this point. Um, but it really is. Our, I think that from a company standpoint and our execution of things, we're so fiercely individual focused, um, not not necessarily to the uh, exception and detriment of the larger, greater good, but um, you know, I'm I'm consumed with the idea of the end user and what their experience is. Um, again, I, I feel like I repeat myself. Breck has quoted me sometimes, and I'm like, "Oh, you're listening." He's like, "Yeah, you say the same stuff every single yeah. time you open your yeah. mouth." I'm like, "Well, at least I'm consistent." Um, but uh, that the where was I going? Shoot the values of our transparency. And it's like, it's kind of ingrained in, in your, in right. your speech. Yeah. yeah. The, um, the idea that we want to know what their experience is going to have 
um, happen when they encounter someone's brand. You know, I, I operate as a brand strategist and graphic designer for the company, so I talk this stuff all the time. Um, but we, one of the, again, red flags, I think everyone has a list, whether they've written it down or not, of kind of signals that make them feel a little uncomfortable when they sit down with a prospect. Um, because in today's day and age, one individual can have a hugely negative impact on your business if they are really determined to do that. There have been examples um, of people who have just about lost their multi-million dollar business because they had one deal go bad because there weren't steps taken that should have been taken ahead of time. Um, but one of them is if if you're just looking to sell a product, if there's no consideration for the end user and how you are enriching their lives, then you're just selling them and there's no for me, it has to provide something additional to their life. Then I have a new dongle. Like I have a new widget. Hooray. Like if, well, if it's that, there. it's that get rich mentality of right. let's sell as much as we can and then, and then Start get out of the new. industry. Yeah. Yeah. yeah or I'm, sell or sell the company. Right. Yeah. 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 So when you're on top and, and for me, um, you know, I live by the philosophy that I want to die empty and I want to take as many people with me as possible, which in saying that, that now, sounds really that's scary. It sounds really frightening. <laughs> uh, spend all his money and yeah, kill everyone. That's it. <laughs> uh, Rudolph, do you want a partner now? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Chris is out. Rudolph's in. Um, in the sense that I want to give as much of myself away as possible and I want to leave behind as many relationships as I can mm -hmm. that are meaningful and impactful because this life is short and I don't take any of my money with me, mm -hmm. you know? And I think there's some merit to like uh, Gordon Ramsay. I was just watching um, oh, uh, Hell's Kitchen or yeah. Ultimate Chef or something. And uh, I, I haven't fact-checked this, so you um, you – keyboard um white knights out there please don't crucify me um but i want to say he's either leaving like a limited amount of his assets to the children or none of them i can't quite recall mm. but i think there's something to that um not necessarily to promote like an endless rugged individualism where it's like you have to go out there and, and earn, earn everything because nobody earns anything in a vacuum mm -hmm. we all have relationships that support us but just in the idea that um you know the assets that i can acquire in this life don't amount to anything. It's the people that I get to acquire in the sense of what have I done to impact your life? And it was that meaningful or not. So when we go back to how we run our business, um, when we deliver a service, it, it really needs to fall closely into the centering of that target of, um, this isn't just a new dongle and we want you to sell as many as you can so we can all get rich. It has to be something that truly enriches people's lives, which is consistent with the trend of what is effective marketing these days, where it has to be value centered. Nobody wants to be told what to buy anymore. You know, they want to know where's your stuff source? Do you have the same beliefs I have? Um, how do you treat your employees? And those are, those are the kinds of things that are also the biggest risk to companies these days where, you know, they find out somebody's sources unethically or they treat their employees like doo-doo. Um, you know, you get company walkouts and that's all over the news and then people picket their, whatever the company is and um, it's just not helpful. So we really focus on, on people-centered approach to everything we do. I feel like it used to be where it didn't matter mm -hmm. about, about those things. The and who, the product's yeah. a solid product. Doesn't mm -hmm. matter about the ethics i guess behind right. it but yeah. man now you're even seeing it inside the hollywood and stuff somebody sure. somebody said something 20 years ago and yeah. then they ruined ruined their career it's and wild. it's like and and the, some a lot of that can be unhealthy but a lot of that can be healthy too because it keeps you accountable yeah there's to, you know be yeah. an upright person 
Mm-hmm. It's a double-edged sword. Absolutely. There's parts I love about it and parts I don't. I like what Will Smith said about his son, Jaden. I don't know if any of you guys are familiar with Jaden's Twitter activity, but it is the funniest thing to read it ever. Um, but Will Smith once said on an interview, he said, I said all kinds of stupid things when I was young. I just didn't have Twitter. <laughs> yeah, and that's true. It's accelerated. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. there, I think there's a margin and a forgiveness that can come with growing up or you know, you say one dumb thing or one off-color joke because you're kind of avant-garde and then it destroys you 20 years later. It's like, that's wild. It's wild. What a time to be alive. Skynet, man. Yeah, I always, the I always talk to people about, you know, what their view of Michael Jordan would have been, you know, if, if there was social media back then because, yeah, he was an outstanding player, but, you know, he had some off-colored uh, – off the court activity. Um, and you're the second person that's told me that in the last month. <laughs> I really? hate Michael Jordan now. I don't even know what he no, did. But I I still, no, I still, I still enjoy yeah, watching no. him. He's like the best. He's the but, greatest. But it, it, there's something to it. Like even even like I've, I've had experiences because I'm a musician too that like I've done some stuff with some like singers and like uh, music stuff. Music stuff, singers, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, they uh, something something happens. Something magic happens when somebody's in the moment, has passion, and loves what they're doing. But they're um, maybe not the greatest singer in the world. Mm-hmm. But then, I, uh, but uh, but then I've had people that are fan, like just brilliant and like totally arrogant. Yeah, and it's gross. Yeah, yeah, totally. Turn it, there's some uh, some magic that happens when somebody is is. Uh, you know, thoughtful and legit. Yeah. Well, and in a, not to get off subject too much, but inside of music, I feel like those little uh, inconsistencies in people's voice um, can sometimes make their career. You know, you think of the the rage guy with the the squeaky voice, and um, and you know, so many people. You know, who's the rage guy? Rage against the yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and that's I mean, it, when we're leading into the future, and you you see all this stuff about artificial intelligence developing at an accelerated rate and whenever, when's that going to peak and we're all going to get wiped out by robots. Um, but in the art world, outside of the business world where I spend a lot of my free time on, you know, Instagram and other platforms, um, you know, occasionally you see that there's, there's robots and, and machinery and artificial intelligence that are able to paint beautiful landscapes and paint by sight. And I mean, it's a camera in their eyes is what it is. Mm -hmm. I'm sure. I'm an expert on this stuff. So, um, <laughs> but, but that's what he does on his the free new, time. Yeah. The nuance of the human element, I think will hopefully always set things apart. But back to what we were saying earlier, I also think there's some value to being able to separate the art from the artist. Um, you know, I think that to throw out an entire career of, of whatever it is that was their work is to discredit the impact it had because of their off court activities yeah mm-hmm. but i don't know i mean everybody's human uh, right you know, totally totally except, except for yeah. those who aren't <laughs> yeah right all right I'm okay glad that's for another I'm, podcast i'm glad you're standing next to <laughs> so so one thing that we were talking about the other day off the podcast was the idea of um in impacting your customer and your customers customers mm-hmm. by not every time you meet up are selling them something. Yeah, right. Um, so I feel like that's something I feel like that's really important too, is like in helping the customer and even in your own business, like I want to tell everyone about what I do, mm-hmm. but it's like you guys mentioned the, the pyramid scheme. Yeah. The you know? MLM. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> climb that ladder. <laughs> so like you have a friend that's like into like selling like, I don't know, creams and lotions or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then like every time, 
you get, you get that twink, they got that twinkle in their eye every time oh, you yeah. see them because they're trying to sell you. And so yeah. they're like, how are you doing today? It's like, yeah. buy my crap. Right. Yeah. Or it's, or it's, how are you doing? Your hands are very dry. I know a company. Yeah. Or when you shake hands, you could like have some in your hand. Yeah. That'd be really, that'd be really weird. That'd be really weird. That's the wrong way to market. Yeah. But, but one like, thing I heard on this podcast the other day was, um, a cus- this this uh, this podcast guy was talking about his customers, and he was saying that uh, people don't follow you; you follow them. Mm-hmm. Like so, me as an agency, you as an agency, or your customer as a blank. Mm-hmm. Um, you would think that the idea of social media is you f- them following you, but it's hard work because mm-hmm. you're you're actually following their lives and 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 engaging in what they're doing, mm-hmm. and not just trying to sell them. So let's talk a little bit about that because I feel like that's a really important. Um, idea and concept behind the relationship marketing because mm-hmm. not only is that the same with me business to business but handling the businesses that we work with to the public mm-hmm. yeah absolutely um, yeah I think you know for for me the again going back to kind of what we talked about earlier the the whole concept of egos has never been a part of my life and so the idea of being this thought leader that all these people are are pursuing and um interested in you that hasn't been a factor for me it's really been like you said the idea that we're actually following them that our concern is about them and we're interested in their lives and and how we can really make an impact is that what you're getting at did i miss it there no yeah absolutely it's it's not just the cell it's it's more than the cell it's the it's the whole package it's um you like I say, if I'm a, I'm a business that's selling a product, right? Mm-hmm. Of course, I want the world to buy my product. Right. But I also want to solve the problem in their home. Mm-hmm. I also want to know as much about my customer as possible so right. I can maybe build other products that are going to benefit them yeah. and not just yeah. get thrown in a drawer. And be I, I, I joke with Chris sometimes because uh, the uh, meetings that I'm not at with him, I feel like he comes away and is uh, counseling people and I consistently have to tell him you're not a licensed therapist uh, and he says that's what that's what we're in this for to help people you don't tell your customers like lay down on the couch when they yeah. come into your office do they? yeah we yeah we, we've got a couch we have them lay down there you have the, the bowls with the oh, those like, bowls are amazing and we've got a bowls. babbling brook sound that we play in the background babbling brook and then there's a bulldog snoring in the background oh it's nice. all soothing yeah uh, we'll put a link to your website in there your dog is awesome <laughs> yeah and does your dog like snore yes. yeah oh, yeah man. yeah he's his belabored breathing sounds like he's a starving man staring at a buffet um, and he farts louder than any human that i know yes it's the power behind it it's <laughs> it's brushed my beard over my shoulder before you get too close to it um yeah that's wild he's the owen is truly the glue that holds us all together right what kind of dog, what kind of dog it's for an, people that don't it's know. an english bulldog yeah and it's my second one and i remember when we were starting this company up i told chris uh because way back when i was looking at this website when i was researching for another website and they had this basset hound on there it was this uh cpa's uh website and i was like that really stood out to me and so i told chris i said english bulldogs are in a lot of stuff i just saw um, some car wash commercial recently with, with a pack of bulldogs. And, um, and I told him, I'm like, he has to be in this. And I was kind of joking. And then after a while, you know, Chris was very hesitant at first. And after a while, I'm like, man, this, this could really be kind of that thing that stands out to people. Well, and I think that, um, you know, if we can sort of go fund me, I've been trying to get it in the budget for the business to buy a grumble of pugs. 
as a business write-off and Breck keeps he keeps, a grumble I mean, of pugs. That's what they're called. You get a herd of pugs <laughs> together, they're called a grumble. It's like a murder of crows. Only pugs? Only pugs, as far as I know. Okay. I, I mean I, I if we had a, a herd of bulldogs along with it and we bought a ranch, then I'd be fine with that. We'd call them grumble and snort. Okay. Yeah. So I'm so. glad I didn't do that with my business because <laughs> I have a basset hound and my wife has oh, been telling yeah, my wife has been telling me for years my dog Lucy is going to be like he should she should be the face of your business and like I I'm in the process of semi rebranding mm-hmm. and uh that thought came to mind, but I can never pull the trigger on it. I, I and then will, I met you guys, and I'm like, oh, I'm glad I didn't do that. I, totally I, I will say, I don't know any other than the normal logos you see with like Gonzaga and, um, you know, different uh, mascots that have bulldogs. Um, when I think of logos or ident- brand identities with Basset Hounds, I always think of the Hush Puppies, like the, oh, the yeah. shoes. Um, I got a greyhound in my head. I don't know why, because it's not the same animal. No, it's the one with the floppy ears. Yeah. It's really yeah, no, short to the no, sad eyes. No, Fox and the hound. Yeah, no, uh, like, nothing against greyhounds, but if you've ever seen ground up close, they're really scary looking. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's just not my thing. But anyways, yeah, so I posted that today. Oh, yeah. My dog oh, uh, doing awesome. the podcast. That's fantastic. But, uh, yeah, no, she's not going to be a brand, unfortunately. She'd be, mm. she'd do awesome with it. It'd be super cheap acting for commercials. Oh, but, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The voiceover work, could you imagine? I don't even know what she would sound like. I don't know. She probably sounded like, duh. (laughs) (laughs) She sits around. Um, But yeah, back to what you were talking about earlier, the idea of really investing in in the people we sit down with. It's it's true. I do find myself, the biggest struggle that I have is... um, Caring too much. It sounds... (laughs) sounds We were walking along the beach and there were two sets of footprints. And Chris was carrying the other guy. That's what it was. Oh man, I may I may have been accused of having a savior complex once or twice in my life, um, but it is. It's it's the the idea of allowing myself to pull it back a little bit um, because you know for me uh, every interaction, whether the deal is closed or not, is um, oh gosh, who says it. If it's Blair Ends again, I'm going to be embarrassed for how much I'm plugging that book. Um, we'll put the notes in the in the in things. So thank you. Can see. Okay. Yeah. Um, he should be sending you a check here pretty soon. Yeah. I'll give, shoot him. It's my podcast. It's my podcast. Corb's Corb's getting a person email. Rudolph Corb at. Um, but the idea was that you should leave every interaction with a client. No, it was Chris Voss. I'm really glad I got to plug that book too. Um, Never split the difference. Chris Voss was an acclaimed like FBI uh, negotiator and trainer. Um, But he said, always leave every interaction with a client with them willing to talk to you again. Um, And and again, for me, you know, I, I think the common perception of anyone in marketing is kind of uh, along the parallel of like, used car sales it's kind of slimy it feels especially in a day and age where privacy and the way i that, plugged that into my recent uh, article as well did with, you with the uh used car salesman yeah it's um you know that there's just kind of a sliminess but for me really it's genuine it's it's that even if we don't ever do business together i just want to have made some sort of difference in your life even if it's just in the perception of what a professional relationship could look like where you didn't feel the pressure of somebody selling you a product. I've, I, you know, the MLM conversation, I've had friends who you answer the phone or you see them on call ID and you're like, mm, 
I know or you have to block calling. them from Facebook. Brex, <laughs> Brex got a block list longer than my arm. You block. Uh, yeah. he I, just un- I just unfollow so they don't see. Yeah, he's. Yeah, yeah I do too. I'm an unfollow guy. Whoa. Yeah. It must be really bad though if you have the block. Yeah, I'm. I'll unfollow. That way we can, you know, still maintain the fake relationship yeah. that happens outside of the computer. That's actually the real relationship. The real one is the yeah in front of the screens. Um, ten more years, man. At no, least I, they know with me what they're getting. That's fair. That's fair. But I always care about the individual, even if they, my wife always. It, well, not crap. Uh, my wife has sometimes said. Man, you you really are a friend of some difficult people sometimes, and <laughs> you know, and for I just I see them as something valuable, no, yeah. no matter, you know, um, I one of the one of my most favorite jobs I ever worked at was um, being a support individual in a one on one program for individuals with intellectual and developmental disabilities, and so the one on one program was supposed to be a one person to one client environment, and it never was. Um, you know, you got three to five guys that you're responsible for, and that was some of the most rewarding work because you look at these people and you think these guys are literally the least of these culturally. I mean that and people probably in old folks homes, you know, who don't have family that come and visit and, um, and just showing them love beyond the idea of what can I get from them was, was so rewarding. And I think back fondly of those times and what a hard thing it was to leave that job. Um, but yeah, that's really the philosophy I take with all of my relationships and Breck and I really align on a lot of things. So a lot of, our values have either matched up um, or he's allowed my values to kind of um, bleed into the company. I thought you said oozing. Oozing, yeah. <laughs> Ooze. Was that Power Rangers movie? Was that Dr. Dude, Ooze? Dude, or? The, the new Power Rangers movie? No, old one. I stinking love the new one. It did you? Great. I know it sounds so dumb, but it was great. <laughs> I never got into I Power Rangers. It. Oh, man. Brex's an old man. What, no, were talk- what were you talking about before? We were talking about some show before. I know we're going on a rabbit trail here, but like we're talking about some show and we're like, oh yeah. And it was a reference to something was today. It, it oh no, never mind. Or at coffee. <laughs> no, never mind. We were, ta- we're talking about <laughs> Pee Wee's Playhouse. Oh, yeah, that's, so, no, yeah, what, what's, we're not going to talk about that. It's hard <laughs> pass there. I want to align with those values. <laughs> no. um, <laughs> oh man. All right. So let's transition into the la- final thought yep. of the podcast. I feel like this is a lot of really great information. This does translate into businesses of all different kinds mm-hmm. and God, man, just people in general, humanity in general, yeah. to be able to to look inside of somebody and, and see the gold in them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like if we could just live by those mm-hmm. uh, and really actually care about somebody, life would look so different. Oh yeah. Don't know. I don't, I don't know how that's going to happen, but I just, that's, it's kind of like my prayer for things because I just don't, I just don't know. I yeah. Don't. Well, it's utopian sci-fi, you know, it's, I, I don't know if we'll ever get there. I don't. Yeah. Instead of us and them, it needs to, uh, or us and them, it needs to be a we, I mean. Right. Yeah. I think that there's a certain margin of humility that's necessary. You know, that old adage that I always thought was so cheesy, you know, when you point your finger at somebody, three fingers are pointing back at you. But I think that there is a, a healthy margin of humility that's necessary to have an authentic connection with someone else where you're like, ah, crap, I'm, I'm a human. I suck real bad. A lot of the time I have a few good moments. Um, and you feel like fortunate to know this person or have a relationship with this person because you know that you're, you're a flawed individual too. And, Mm -hmm. um, and there are people in your life who gave you the benefit of the doubt and said, Hey, that guy's got gold in him. 
um, my life, and I know a lot of Breck's life, is literally a foundation of cobbled stones that other people put there and said, this person needs investing and they invested for a season and then, you know, transition happened. But, um, yeah, I think we get on our high horse and, and, uh, lose sight of what it's like to be walking barefoot on the ground. And it's given back too, because we've all been sewed into ourselves yeah. and, and invested in, and it's like to be able to give that away is awesome. Yeah. So. All right. So last but not least, uh, I'll give you guys both a chance to respond to this. So, uh, this podcast focuses on the creative processes for life, business, and the world around us in our own sphere of influences. So let's leave off with uh, some words of wisdom to those who are listening, adv- advice that might inspire or encourage or pursue them in their goals, dreams, creative ideas, ventures, relationships, whatnot. You want to go first? You Wise wisdom. Come on, uh, you can go first. Drop some heat. So okay. you can r- rip off all your all his ideas. Yeah, exactly. Right? exactly. Ah, Chris, you beat me to it. Um, two things. One is uh, a thing that Chris Voss says, which is don't don't chase the yes. Don't be hungry for the yes. Um, distance yourself from that idea. It's not a win or lose scenario where you have to beat the person you're sitting in front of. Um, but again, like we talked about that personal relationship. And then the other thing is something I've got it on my le- LinkedIn profile. It's my cheesy little kind of promotional piece that the authentic relationships are truly the most valuable asset we have in this life. And we should wake up every single day and f- take inventory of those people and truly appreciate it. Um, and apply that same appreciation to every new face we meet. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah, that's good. Um, I think for me, uh, words of wisdom would be, um, just don't, don't ever, uh, sell yourself short as far as where you're going in life. Uh, that sounds very cliche, uh, but is that on a poster? Uh, if it's not, it's he's God, looking it's, at the poster across from him. Yeah, on the wall. it's on the wall straight in front of us. Uh, but as far as like where you're going to be, like if you would have asked me in high school, do you think you're going to be running a marketing company and doing web design? I would have said no because I wasn't a super techie guy. I was business minded. Went to school for he was a model too. Uh, th- that's true. We're not going to get into that, but. Uh, <laughs> You know, I I was more business minded, went to school for business administration, started up my board shop shortly after that. Um, And then through having my board shop, learned how to do web design. And um, I always knew that I wanted to do a business, um, very entrepreneurial minded, um, but, you know, didn't know this is where my path would lead. And so uh, just keeping keeping an open mind about um, you know, where you're going and that your passions can change, uh, because I wasn't passionate about web design back then, but, um, I was passionate about helping people out and that's, um, really flowed over into marketing and helping people build their businesses. All right, that's it, guys. Episode number five. We're here with Breck and Chris from Bima Creative. Uh, if you're interested in more of their services and what they do, uh, I'd like to get a hold of them. Uh, we'll leave their website inside of the notes. Uh, we'd like to thank you guys for hanging out with us today, and we'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.